Hello everybody, welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. It's been a big, big, big week in the Premier League. Three bigs, you know, Daniel Whaler. <laughs> it's been a huge week in the Premier League. Uh, Jose Mourinho sacked by Manchester United. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer uh, as his replacement, the, the baby-faced assassin. Um, this podcast, obviously, we're going to be talking about Manchester United, but we will be also previewing uh, the Premier League weekend to come because there's a few interesting fixtures. Um, but for now, I'm Aaron Flanagan, and joining me is James Whalen. First of all, how are you doing, mate? Very well, thanks, Aaron. Good. Um, yeah, you're starting to get a few more podcast appearances in your belt? Yeah, yeah. I seem to be a, a, one in two, man. A bit like um, a bit Dwight York and his pomp. Yeah, yeah. So just respectable enough. Yeah, that's what we'll go with that. And uh, Matty Lawless. I mean, he's just there every week, isn't he? <laughs> um, I mean, we make the same joke every week. But uh, how are you doing, Matt? You all right? Part of the furniture. Yeah, you all right? I'm okay. Good stuff. Uh, a busy week for you. Very, very busy. But you know, these are these are great weeks uh, for for us and for football fans because everybody's interested in what's going to happen next and why things have happened. But you know, the writing's been on the wall for a long time. You know, the Mirror reported uh, a couple of months ago that Mourinho was was about to go, and he was a you know a three-two win over Newcastle away from from being sacked basically, um, yeah. and he would have gone then. And recent results, I think the manner of their defeat at Anfield was was uh, just a bridge too far for United. They they they've invested so much in Jose Mourinho. He's complained about so much as well in terms of. They haven't invested, but they have. They gave him to the tune of four hundred million pounds, and there are other issues as well. You know, he, he didn't really embrace living in Manchester. Fell out with star players. You could go on and on. So, big week for Man United, and I think they've acted at the right time. Yeah, um, player power. You mentioned obviously falling out with players and stuff. There, uh, James. Um, the player power line, I think, has kind of been debunked by a few people at Man United, saying, "Oh no, it wasn't player power. This was, you know, a decision from the people above." But surely you've got to feel that the influence of Paul Pogba and uh, I mean we, we say Pogba because he gets so many headlines and he very clearly didn't get on with Jose Mourinho um, do you believe that player power was an influence in, in the decision? It's bound to play a part isn't it I, I don't think for a second that it was the sole reason Jose Mourinho was sacked but when you think you've got an asset like Paul Pogba and it wasn't just Pogba there were other players who didn't get on with him I think uh, Luke Shaw is, is an obvious sort of candidate for that wasn't wasn't included in the last two match day squads because Mourinho didn't like the fact he pulled out the Fulham game and and there was a couple of others but you know Pogba's obviously the main one we all saw the footage a few weeks ago in training you know that this this is the kind of thing that um as you know football fans and, and indeed journalists we we're not privy to very often but for that to to come to the fore so much and for the whole country to see that you know that was they didn't know the cameras on and that was a behind closed doors type thing. You have to think that was probably quite a common and typical occurrence and as much as they tried to deny it, it was it was there in black and white for all to see. So when you have an asset like Paul Pogba, someone who Manchester United broke the world transfer record to bring back to Old Trafford, someone who they're paying you know, upwards of towards half a million pounds every single week, if he doesn't get on with his boss, ultimately one of them's got to go. And with everything else that came with it, it was ultimately Mourinho that fell on his sword. Yeah, uh, Ed Woodward said in his uh, in the quotes when they announced Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as his replacement that they felt that Solskjaer was the man to unite Manchester United from the fans to the players and everything. It was a bit of a subtle dig at Mourinho when he said that, wasn't it? Because, I mean, to be fair, I think Woodward's hit the nail on the head. Um, they were so separated, especially the fans. Like Some people were behind Mourinho, some weren't. The players clearly were, were 50-50. There, there was no unity there 
whatsoever. Um, but, you know, is Woodward right in saying that unity is now what United need more than anything? Because, let's be honest, the season is pretty much a write-off already. Well, it could be. I think if you look at it, really, Manchester United's best hope for silverware would be the FA Cup. Um, I don't think they're going to get in the top four. I don't think they're going to win the Champions League. So, yeah, you're right in that respect. But, you know, winning a trophy would certainly keep their fans happy. Was that statement a deflection tactic from Ed Woodward? Because let's not forget, there's been an awful lot of um, uh, criticism thrown his way. And even more so now, his role will be amplified. What is he doing? Manchester United need to bring in a director of football. I think of the Premier League, 16 clubs out of the 20 now employ a sporting director to effectively deal with recruitment. Let's be honest, they've spent a hell of a lot of money under Jose Mourinho with not very, not a great return on, on some star names, you know. So the, the, there'll be a lot of pressure on Woodward now to deliver. And this is why, if anything, people will talk about, look, it's Solskjaer's audition. This is crucial for Ed Woodward to get things right now at Manchester United. And there's a chance in the January transfer window, I believe that they're going to spend 50 million. Talk about two targets already, a centre-half and uh, a midfielder, I believe. So, um, looks like the centre-half is Aldevero. Uh, I'd never say his name properly. Apologies, uh, the Tottenham bloke. Aldevero. Aldevero, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if that's practically right. Yeah, anyway. Um, Toby. Toby, yeah. <laughs> so, I think he'll be obviously available because his contract's up at the end of the season. So, Tottenham would be willing to cash in, I would have thought, at the right price. Probably looking about 20 million quid. And Douglas Costa from Juventus is the other target. These are big-name players. And it's still a, a big outlay if, if you're going to get hold of them. So, what Manchester United need to do now is prove that the recruitment is right. If not, it's a whole restructure issue that, that we're looking at, really. And and that could take years for Manchester United. So some, some analysts are saying that United could go 20 years without winning the title. And that's, that's inconceivable in a way. But the way things are, you'd have to agree because City and Liverpool are light years ahead at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, well, I mean, you can see... It from history that teams do go a long time without winning a title if they if they fall off a cliff. Um, cough, Liverpool, cough. Uh, don't want to remind them of that. Uh, Mark, Mark Jones not in here today. It's always good to to wind him up when he's on about. It's, about ta- it's taken a lot of soul searching for Liverpool. You could argue, and and a lot of things have changed to readdress that. And you, they're on they're on the verge, aren't they? You know, they're closer than you could say they've ever been. Best start they've ever had to to a Premier League season. They should have won it, as we all know, uh, three years ago. Uh, three years ago, now four years ago. Yeah. yeah, so it's got four years ago. God, blow me. So it's it's one that it takes time. There's no magic wand for these things, and and even Man City, they had to have an awful lot of patience with Pep in the first season. You know, he was he, he didn't win anything, and now Man City are you know absolutely cruising, aren't they? Yeah. So Man United may need to play the longer game with this one, and. Um, Big time ahead for Ed Woodward. He's got to get it right because the pressure will be on him. Yeah. Uh, on the appointment of Oli Gunnar Solskjaer as interim manager till the end of the season, um, James, do you believe it's the right choice? Um, my own personal opinion, I like the thinking behind it and what they're doing. Yeah, do I you? Think at the time, like obviously we, we were all in here on, on Tuesday morning when the news broke that Mourinho had been sacked and it became apparent within a couple of hours probably that Solskjaer was going to be the man and I think it, we were all a little bit surprised because you know the the, the experience we have as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the Premier League manager is his 
desperate spell at Cardiff, which, you know, he, he couldn't save them from relegation to the Championship. He then had an absolutely terrible start to life back in the second tier. And within nine months of taking the job, he was he was back on the, back in the job centre. So, But, you know, the longer that goes on and you, you do s- start to understand um, the rationale behind the appointment, they were obviously desperate for someone who knew Man United inside and out. You know, this is a, a player that was there for, I believe, 11 seasons, over 350 games for the club, well over 100 goals. Obviously scored arguably the most famous goal in the history of what is essentially arguably the biggest football club in the world um, in the new camp in 1999. So that, that you, you do sort of start to understand the reasoning behind bringing in someone like that. And if it, if it is to be a short-term basis, that makes that all the more clear because why would you bring someone in to do a job for six months who would arguably need six months to get used to his surroundings? You know, for Solskjaer, it'll just be like going into an old job. Um, he's obviously got a very handy right-hand man in Mike Phelan as well, another another man who knows Manchester United like the back of his hand, had unbelievable success as Sir Alex Ferguson's number two. Yeah. So when, when you put all these pieces together, you do start to understand... The reasoning behind it, and you know, I I can I can just about see it working out. I think. Yeah, you've mentioned there exactly why I believe it is um, possibly the decision that is the right one. Why? What is why I can actually agree with Man United's thinking here is the fact that Solskjaer played under Sir Alex Ferguson for many years. Mike Phelan was Fergie's assistant for a number of years as well. It is just trying to go back to basics. That's kind of what I think it is with Man United. Is yeah, the end of the season. I uh, think I think you're right, and. Um, you know, it's it's almost a case of he's the chosen one, part two. Um, Fergie's stamp is all over this. You know, he's got Mike Phelan back in there. He's got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who was a real disciple of his, his coaching. So, you know, it was a bit left field, you could argue. And, you know, perhaps Solskjaer was at the wrong club at the, at the wrong time when he was at Cardiff. This is a massive audition for him and, and he will absolutely want this job. There's no way he's leaving Mulder just on a part-time basis and going, right, cheers, lads, I'll be back in the summer. No way whatsoever. Manchester United is the biggest job available in club football, and it's his to take. And the way things stand, he's got incredible backing with, with Sir Alex Ferguson, and I think the club will, will appreciate, and they've said as much, that Solskjaer completely lives and breathes that culture. He understands what it, what, what it takes to be a Manchester United player and what it takes to be an employee of that football club. So that's important, and I think that will breed unity. But at the same time, he's not going to be there to roll over and, and let players decide what, what happens. He will be authoritative, you know. And there's videos of him. We've got it on our website, actually, proving his coaching methods. You know, he, fantastic video. It's worth a watch, but he's not there to to sort of say, right, go and do what you like. He's trying to improve those players. And I think Man United will certainly see their stats uh, creep up with, with uh, shots on goal. And well, I think that statistic on Sunday against Liverpool, it just summed up Jose Mourinho era, really. Like, 36 attempts to six. Shocking. That's not going to happen under Solskjaer. And um, it's a great opportunity for him to land that big job. 
Yeah, um, I say I've, I've read up a little bit on Solskjaer and obviously we don't watch any Norwegian football. Norwegian football's never speak for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right. You done well. We watch it every week, don't we? <laughs> we meet up. We've got a club. <laughs> That's I, 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 I did used to when I was at university. I lived with a, a Norwegian guy, so I, I learned a little bit about Norwegian Lying. football. No, I did. I, I can swear at you in Norwegian right now, and you won't have a clue what I say. Let's not though, because <laughs> we're a family <laughs> podcast. I, I mean, I hope we've not got any Norwegian listeners. If I, you know, accidentally do <laughs> exactly, uh, it turns do out say the, uh, after all. do say the dreaded f word in Norwegian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but um, moving on. But um, no, the um, Norwegian football. Obviously, we, we don't watch any of it. But kind of what I read up is that he does play a high intensity game at Molde. He does seem to play an attacking brand of football. So he's actually, by the sounds of it, going to bring the Manchester United of old. But those players uh, have got to work harder because, as we said, statistically, they haven't. And you can look at all the stats, the tracking stats. Man United have been, you know, far inferior to, to their rivals. So if he wants to play that brand of football, he needs those players to be on board with him quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and absolute no-brainers, I'll just quickly, uh, on why Solskjaer will take it. First of all, it's the big club, but the finances involved from his perspective. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of research I, I did yesterday when I was uh, working on a couple of pieces. Um, when he played for Manchester United, his first contract was worth 20 grand. He then got um, a contract extension, went up to 25 grand. Then his final contract at Manchester United was 35 grand, all of them per week, obviously. Um, he's coming back in manager now, which reports he's going to be earning about £100,000. So he's going to be earning over double what he was when playing. Fraction of what uh, Marouane Fellaini is earning. He's the third highest earner at Manchester United. Yeah, and, and, and um, indeed a fraction of what Mourinho was earning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ole Solskjaer earning £9,500 a week at Mulder, so it's a phenomenal oh, yeah. I mean, pay jump as well. In fact, um, Man United bought Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in '96 for £1.6 million. They've paid Mulder £1.8 million to get him for to the end of the season yeah. and if they want him full time it's going to cost 8 million yeah. so that's the conversation he's, you know, his value skyrocketed doesn't it yeah I mean what does Solskjaer have to do then uh, between now and the end of the season he's got to, to make to, yeah. to, to get that permanent opportunity like it, what how big of an impact does he have to I make I think he'll say the right things I don't think there's any doubt about that and I think he's, all, he's instantly got the fan they love him yeah. worship him and that will never change what he needs to prove is that he can handle that group of players and what he needs to do is show that he can be astute in the transfer market alongside the club, whoever's going to make that decision. And he needs to prove, really, first and foremost, is that he can play an attractive brand of football that will breed results. This is what it's all about. Man United need results. They need to get up there. So if he can do that and if he can win a trophy, the job's is surely for the taking. I, I don't think there's anything sort of, you know, you must hit this goal to get the job. I think it's much. It's a much more um, wider sort of cultural thing at United. They, you know, I think his his biggest task between now and the end of the season is just to get smiles back on faces. And you know, that's that's in his team. That's in the stands. Uh, the club's under a really dark cloud at the minute. And you know, if you're a United fan, do you really want to be going to Old Trafford to watch a nil-nil draw and have seventy-five thousand glum people sat around you? So, um, you know, I, I don't think. Edward would said to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, if you get me in the top four, you will get the job. If you win the FA Cup, you will get the job. I don't, I don't think it's it's that kind of thing. It's just getting getting that attacking style back. Obviously, you need results to go with it, but you'd think those two things will probably go hand in hand. Yeah, I've got to say, the fixture list looks uh, pretty kind to him as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, he plays his whole club first, which is uh, obviously interesting irony to this one. But, you know, first home game is Huddersfield on Boxing Day. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. surely that's got to be United. It's funny, is it? Him going to Cardiff, I don't think they could have a more contrasting manager now yeah. Yeah. Than, than what they had with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, real... Toughest fixture he's got to face, I think, in the first six games is Newcastle away on the 2nd of January. Yeah. Other than that, they're all games that Manchester United should stroll. Yeah, no, so the fixture list um, almost feels a little strategic from Ed Woodward's side in the fact that you can give him the easiest possible start. I, 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 I think they've thought long and hard about the timing of this, Manchester yeah. United, because as we say, I think we were all pretty sure that United made the decision a long time ago yeah. that they were going to make a change at it's some like point. They, they were 2 0 down at home to Newcastle. If they lose that game, he's gone. Well, oh. they draw that game, he's yeah, gone. Yeah. Like, even if they, they, they come back. I think I the mean, Champions League draw was crucial within this as well because they looked at PSG and thought, is Jose Mourinho really the man who's going to get a win against yeah, PSG? Yeah, well, or even just. I think they may have even just written that off. Like, yeah, I personally would be stunned if they come through that yeah. time. But the draw was on Monday. They made the decision Monday night and the yeah. phone call with, with the Glazers. And then Tuesday morning, in he goes, bang, he's, he's sacked. So, you know, I think for me, that had a big part because the manner of the performance and the defeat against Liverpool, you know, he should have been sacked instantly, really. I think the right was on the wall then, but he still turned up for work on, on the Monday and the Tuesday. So, yep. yeah, interesting, really. And it did come out of the blue, it I, did, I would yeah. say. I think yeah. most people were stunned by that. I think we all knew that it was coming, but we just felt that perhaps he might just get a chance to see through Christmas. I must admit, when the tweet came up on my screen, I was desperately checking that it was a blue tick next to that account. <laughs> and that I was reading it, I read it two or three times before I said... You know, He's gone. Was it? <laughs> I, I, I was I was sat next to you when obviously because you were the first one to spot it. Um, obviously, we'll be all of our uh, tweet decks open on our computer. You were the first one to see United's tweet pop up, and your words almost out of disbelief were, "He's gone." <laughs> like nothing else. Going what? And, you, and then your reply was. He's gone. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Mourinho's gone. Honestly, it was it was it was it like was, it wow. Was, really was. I think, and again, often with these things, you know, people were briefed, and it comes from good sources there was none of that this time no. so fair play to United they've obviously uh, <laughs> tightened up on that kind of thing um, well I mean there were, there were plenty of stories knocking about on the Monday saying that he, you know, he wasn't in any immediate danger so it did feel like a very impulsive thing that Edward would sort of gone home on Monday night and thought yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. be in yeah. so. I, 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 I believe that the decision was made a long time ago it was always yeah. just a case of a when not if yeah um, interesting with Mourinho though because he just gets to this point third season syndrome strikes again and yeah. you know you'd have to think that he's not going to be back in the Premier League anytime soon yeah. you know to command a manager of Mourinho's calibre is going to take something but there are jobs out there amazingly you know? and, and, he, and he said as much yesterday he wants to he wants to get straight back yeah. into it and I think he's got his eye on probably I'd say Inter Milan looks the most logical yeah, yeah. they've probably got some money to spend the, the, and he's, he's adored there yeah. Real Madrid's still an op, op, a potential uh, option for him as well even though I've been told that he really soured relations when he left but you know what's to stop him the, the fans if the fans get behind it and a bit of momentum so we were talking wouldn't we the Inter Milan have got a big banner behind a goal and We've seen Real Madrid games recently where they've got, you know, comeback Mourinho and stuff like that. So yeah. he's, he's a manager that will be in demand, amazingly. What and I will say about Inter Milan He needs a break. Is, yeah. He does need a break. He absolutely needs a break. He's not had a break for ages now. He needs a break. He needs to refresh. He needs, he needs to lighten up again. He you does know, exactly that. Yeah. He needs to play. He needs to realise that he's got to move on with the time. Fergie was always a master of rebranding himself and his teams. And he always... 
you know, he always um, reinvigorated his backroom staff as well, didn't he? Always brought in new people to try new things. That's why he had so much longevity. Mourinho didn't have any of that. And one of the key things, and I think it's been lost a little bit this week, but Mourinho lost his right-hand man uh, at the end of the season. Carrick has been... They've tried to make Carrick that kind of go-between and with the players coming on board with Mourinho. But Mourinho needed something a bit more, didn't he? And he really missed Rui Farrier, so... He's not in a job yet, so perhaps the two of them might, a bit like the old Clough Peter Taylor situation, they need each other, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and Mourinho desperately missed him. Yeah, get the band back together. But credit to Carrick because the reports were that Pogba was, you know, giving it the high fives and, you know, celebrating Mourinho's yeah. departure. And apparently Car- Carrick stepped in and gave him what for, which is was good, good to see, yeah. really. Good, good leadership quality is just what United yeah. need uh, right now. Um, just very last little thing on Manchester United. They do play Cardiff this weekend, as we've mentioned. Does Oli Gullin Solskjaer get a win in his first game? James? Yes. yes. They're, they're a better side than Cardiff. Matty? Paul Pogba winner. Paul Pogba winner. Um, it, it? <laughs> that, that, that would That's be the it. script, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I just think Neil Warnock is going to have a bigger role to play than people expect. A Neil Warnock team, and I'm going to go Cardiff. Cardiff are playing all right Cardiff in a minute. Cardiff get a draw. Yeah, they've, Cardiff they've get had a, a couple of good results at home as well, and they're not an easy side to beat, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I just feel the new manager, Bounce, should work for Manchester United. I really do. And and I feel it's a good chance for players like Pogba to really give something back to United. There's a player in him there. I believe there's a real leader, and it's time for him to show that Mourinho was wrong and he was right and he is the reason why he stayed and Mourinho went. Yeah. So there we have it. A big week at Manchester United. Big news. Um, kind of the biggest story of the Premier League season so far. Uh, when we come back after this very short break uh, we'll be talking all the rest of the Premier League action coming up this weekend. Welcome back to the Mirror Football Podcast. As I said uh, before the break we're now going to look at the rest of the Premier League action this coming weekend and we're starting on Friday night. Um, a very, very interesting game. Wolves against Liverpool. And it's interesting because Wolves have turned it around. Uh, Wolves, um, we have a colleague in the office who is a Wolves fan. and um, We've got two now. Oh, we do have two. We, we do yeah. have two Wolves fans. But, I mean, one of them in particular has been very chirpy um, uh, about Wolves in the past couple of weeks. And I quite liked it when he was being nice and quiet when they were <laughs> a losing run. Um, but Wolves and Liverpool, and it's a really intriguing game uh, coming up because this is kind of the game that, you know, Liverpool would not want at this point. Yeah, it could be could be a tricky one for Liverpool actually. Um, Wolves, the, the, I really like Wolves. I think they're a good side and, and I like the way they're set up. And I think the key to them is the midfield. And Neves and Matinho are playing superbly. You got the keepers. I like the keeper. I think he's a good keeper. And then you got you got a bit of pace up front with Traore as well, who can unlock doors. And Raúl Jiménez seems to have clicked into gear lately. So things are looking good. And at home. On a Friday night, I think there'll be a decent atmosphere in Wolverhampton. Yeah. Um, and I think it could be the game that Liverpool, like you say, is one they want to just get through and win. But you seen that this season, you could have said Brighton away would have been a tough one for Liverpool and they managed to get through games like that. So I'd, li- I'd like to think Liverpool will win. Yeah, uh, We've seen Wolves take points off big big sides this year, and even, even Man City. Yeah, they held Man stuck, City, didn't yeah. they? So, yeah, I agree. Tough game. Um, should be a good game, actually, to watch. Um I think Wolves, Wolves have basically returned to how they started the season, haven't they? They had a, they had a blistering start, then had that dip where they didn't only lose games, they played very poorly and they lost to teams who will certainly be down there at the end of the season. Yeah, like Huddersfield. 
Yeah, no. that was that. Was, you know, they were dreadful against Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like you say, they turned it round. They've picked up again, and this is just about as tough a game as Liverpool could possibly have. I think probably discounting the top four. Yeah, so uh, big game there that one. Um, Saturday lunchtime, Arsenal against Burnley. Um, on paper, this probably screams home win, but. <sighs> Well, bit of discontent at Arsenal say it's two defeats in a row now uh, obviously this in midweek in the Carabao Cup to Tottenham and obviously against Southampton last weekend where let's be honest Southampton were the better team Arsenal have been second best well, they were guilty twice of, they were punished by their own mistakes defensively they were poor again and it's always been the problem with Arsenal and, and the goalkeeper was an issue you know, that, that Charlie Austin winner for Southampton the keeper should not be coming near that oh, yeah. he didn't need to he committed himself Overegged it, missed it completely, and Charlie Austin's at the back post. Bang, in it goes. Thank you very much. That should have been a draw at the worst for Arsenal. They should they should be should be beating teams like Southampton, and that's why I don't think they'll finish in the top four this season. Yeah. And and um, they've got a lot of work to do. Really, some of those players still need to go searching for themselves at the time. Against Tottenham at home in the league, brilliant performance, and then they're out celebrating in their cars. Selfies in the dressing room and all that. It's the old Arsenal problem. They need to see through a season first before they do all that. You know, and I completely understand that. Great, always celebrate a win. But really, it's got to be back to basics this week. And they know full well that Burnley are going to shut up shop and they're going to try and nick something out of it. As they tried last week at Tottenham and were very, very unlucky, undone by a stoppage time winner. Joe Hart was magnificent last week. I thought he made some he, fantastic. He, he, he really was. So it was Joe Hart back, uh, back to or well, close to his best anyway. Yeah, well, I think yeah, on that form, he should be back in the England team, um, not starting as number one, but he should certainly be pushing Jordan Pickford. I, I think people have written off Joe Hart, and he is a good goalkeeper. Yeah, I think there's very much a reason why he's been picked and played this season ahead of the likes of Tom Heaton. Um, at, um, and uh, Nick Pope as well yeah. um, at, at Burnley um, is because he is still a very very good goalkeeper mentioning goalkeepers you did mention the Arsenal keepers um, I don't know about you guys I'm not convinced by Burnt Leno I'm also not convinced by Petr Cech anymore uh, I think they've got a real problem uh, actually I, 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 yeah. I, I, I think, I, I think it's a bit of a much of a muchness whoever you put in there I think right now I think there's, there's still problems I, I think, think they, we, they, yeah. they need to enter the market for me the same way Liverpool did for Allison, the same way City did for Edison, and well, target you think, that. They you tried think, on a budget, didn't they? Really, with Leno, uh, who else is available? Who do you go for? Pickford is he really better than Leno? I don't know. I mean, the, for me, you pick a goalkeeper out there. You could say, well, they had Chesney, and he's doing all right at Juventus, but they didn't really, you know, didn't let him give him a chance to sort of evolve, if you like. And goalkeepers, as we know, do mature a lot uh, later on. You could say. And I think Leno, there probably is a good goalkeeper in him, but he's adjusting to the Premier League. He's been thrown into the deep end. And I don't think he was really bought with putting him in as number one. Uh, at mind, I think Petr Cech still had another season, but he got injured. So Leno took his opportunity, played all right. And now we're starting to see a few cracks in his game. Even if they do trust Leno to be their long-term number one, which I think they probably do, um, you still need another keeper because Cech's not going to go around again next year, you wouldn't think. No. And... Uh, even last night, I, I actually think he was at fault for the first goal, uh, Son's goal. He, he went down and seemed to pull his hands in. Rather ah. that, if, if he sticks him out a couple more inches, he saves it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure whether we go um, at fault, but I think he can save it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's the same argument that I think uh, Gary Neville made on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago when he was assessing um, a couple of, a couple of old goalkeeper situations. I think Allison saves it. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I think you trust Allison to be quicker off his line, to be bigger, 
to be quicker. Um, well, let's not forget Alisson basically chucked it in his net in the weekend. So. Yeah, I do think <laughs> yeah, that was unfortunate though. Yeah. Looking back at it, I think he, he just knocked it out of himself with his knees. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. He's, the way the balls landed yeah. and and. You know, but it's, at the end of the day, it's still your balance, though, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm sure as, as a goalkeeper, you have to. I think you have think to know how to. As a goalkeeper, he's thinking of his next steps. He's thinking of his distribution. Yeah. What he needs to do is save it first, then think. Yeah. You know, and what I, I think he's just himself. Is he's made two mistakes Liverpool now, and they won both games. So it hasn't cost him yet, and he's and he's won them a lot of points. Every so. keeper's got a rick in them. Every yeah. keeper, and and the trouble is, as a keeper, you're the last line of defence. So if you do mess up good chance you're going to let it go in yeah. but whereas a defender or a midfielder or attacker he'll make at least three or four mistakes in the game they won't get punished for it keepers do so but I'd say you're right Arsenal do probably need to address that issue long term I think they're hoping that they've got it right with Leno but they've got to be a bit more patient with him at this at this stage yep um, on to the 3pm kickoffs um, on Saturday uh, Chelsea against Leicester, Huddersfield against Southampton, Man City against Crystal Palace, Newcastle against Fulham and West Ham uh, against Watford, uh, followed by the 5.30 game, which obviously is Cardiff Man United, which we've spoken in great detail about. Just out of them 3pm games quickly, uh, Chelsea looking good, bit of a, I was going to say, a fortunate win um, against Bournemouth uh, on last night in the Carabao Cup. I didn't watch the game, good obviously Brian. a couple of highlights, but they seem to have very much steady the ship again after it was uh, after it was rocking for a little bit yeah I think so and I think the key to that was Hazard and, and it still is and I think a few weeks ago he wasn't fully fit he, he was carrying a bit of an injury now he's he's back on song the team's lifted again so that's the real real lift for them but they've got to, how long can they keep hold of Hazard we keep saying it every year don't we but he keeps hinting that he's going to go so perhaps I think at the end of the season it will go. That's the, that's the long-term problem for Chelsea. But I think looking at those games as well, City's an interesting one. Um, they could have easily been 1-0 down after five minutes against Everton last week, but then they managed to do the job. They've just edged it against Leicester in midweek. Wasn't too convincing. Made a lot of changes. But Palace, don't forget that um, they're struggling at the bottom of the table near there. And they did go to Manchester and hold United to a draw. So, you know, they'll be confident they can try and do something. The, the bookies won't uh, give them much. I reckon they'll probably be about twenty-two yeah. to one to win. But I, yeah, yeah it's it, big city win that for me. The way Palace are playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost that's the only way they can get something is to try and frustrate yeah. them somehow. But yeah. I think that that's the thing about City and the Etihad now is that people see it as almost the same way that Old Trafford used to be seen yeah, as a bit of a fortress. Yeah. yeah, in the fact that teams are beaten I'm before banker. they go there. And like Stamford Bridge was under Mourinho in his first spell, certainly. Oh yeah, yeah man, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, definitely uh, a big. A uh, load of dominance there. Um, the last game we haven't mentioned is on Sunday. Uh, one Sunday game. We won't uh, talk about West Ham yet. I mean, that's the only reason I come on these podcasts. Oh, right, okay. West Ham have won four games in a row now. The entertainers right. of the Premier League. Actually, fair enough. Um, you do come co- on. You, you, you do correct me. We probably should talk about West Ham because what a job Manuel Pellegrini has done. <laughs> I absolutely love the man. Uh, honestly, I, 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 I think he's great. Man. I'd absolutely love him to be my grandfather. Really? I really would. Like, <laughs> bit of a blow for your actual granddad. He <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was a top bloke. <laughs> no, but it just comes across as kind of all nice, sweet, and innocent. But he's, but he, I mean, he's a really nice guy. But he's I love actually, him as well, mate. I don't want him as my granddad, but um, you know, I think he's done an excellent job there. And I think West Ham fans have really supported him. No, no, there's no, at no time, even when we lost the first five games of the season, nobody's got on his back and said, you know, he's doing it wrong. Yeah. West Ham actually bought some. Really good players in the summer. Felipe Anderson is showing what a, a snip he could be at £40 million. I know 
Some people doubted him at the start of the season, but he's been fantastic. The two that really stand out to me at the back, Balbuena and Diop, have fallen such a great pairing. And, um, you know, if if one misses it, the other one's there to sweep it up and get rid of it. Balbuena costs £4 million. And Diop, as Jose Mourinho said earlier this season, where did you get him from? You know, mm. one of the signs of the season, I think most people would argue, Fabianski's been sensational in goal. I mean, Fulham could have been out of sight in the first uh, 10 minutes the other day. Um, but I think one player who deserves a lot of credit, Robert Snodgrass. He was absolutely derided by the owners, saying what a useless signing he was. You know, and it, when he was signed by Billich, you know, Billich said, well, where do you want to play? He didn't know where to play him. And, and he's gone out on loan... Would have been sold to Aston Villa had Aston Villa not had their financial issues in the summer. Came back to West Ham. Pellegrini said, look, if you get yourself fit, I'll give you a chance. He's done that. He said, well, I can't really sell him in January now, can I? He's, he's one of the, the first names on the team sheet, so he's been excellent. So West Ham have got players there who've really transformed themselves. And as a result, West Ham are on a good run of form. Watford's a dangerous game. I think there is a bit of a kind of... I think Watford have got something in them, so... But you know, if West Ham go on and win five games in a row, that's a fantastic return for West Ham United. Yeah. And Pellegrini should probably be with a shout of a manager of the month if he can achieve that. Yeah, no, I say West Ham very, very impressive uh, recently. Uh, the last game is Everton against Tottenham. That's the one and only Sunday game, uh, obviously. The Gilfis Sigurdsson derby. They're calling it. I don't uh, know if they are. Um, <laughs> well, there we go. We've started something. The Gilfis Sigurdsson derby. Um, this. Um, this match, I, th- I, think, I think there's only one game on Sunday because we're now entering the festive period. That's exciting, isn't it? Yes. Um, actually, we'll just get football basically every day. Yeah, I love it, mate. So, uh, Either that or darts. Yeah, f- football and darts. Oh, that, that's, that's what Christmas is yeah. all about. Fantastic. Um, just a quick mention on Tottenham. I know we've briefly mentioned them when we t- mentioned Arsenal. But uh, I want to mention Deli Alli's goal. Oh, he was, what a goal. He, he was due a moment. He's he been due a moment you know for what, ages. Though, for, I think the, the, the pass is as good as... The, the touch and the finish as well. Oh. Harry Kane, a centre forward, picking out that ball, inch perfect. Ali brings it down on a sixpence, and then you know the audacity just to chip it over. It's two, check it's two things there into like, the net. Yeah, yeah, like Harry Kane sometimes gets overlooked for if he doesn't score. People saying, "Oh, he's not scored," but actually, the last few games, Harry Kane provided the winner against Burnley. He did at he, Barcelona as well. Yeah, Barcelona. He's you know, such a key part of that team. But Deli Alli deserves a lot more credit too, doesn't he? What a player. And then that just summed up the quality he's got last yeah. night. What a goal. As I, I watched that over and over again, that goal. Yeah, as, a, as I said, I feel like he's needed that moment to, to show off his quality because I don't think he's really had one this season where he scored like a great goal. Yeah. He's had like that. You know, that yeah, that's that a real one, highlight reel, that one. Yeah, and that, that was just brilliant at the right time. Harry Kane, interestingly, had only been on the pitch about a minute. He had, yeah. He played, literally played off the bench. Yeah. What I'd have loved to have seen is him get subbed on and Pochettino go done his job yeah. like, come on Harry not have your hamstring going yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, you've done your job now well, we haven't spoken about Pochettino and Manchester United though have we and I think it's worth uh, touching upon yeah um, very cool I mean my own personal opinion is that it would be a great appointment if United were to go for him um, I don't know what Tottenham have to do to keep hold of him um, I think Tottenham will be desperately hoping Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does a fantastic job between now <laughs> and the end of the season and that by default he gets the job uh, you know as, as good as Tottenham are and as bright as the future is looking for them with the new ground and all that I still think the lore of Manchester United would be too much for Maurizio Pochettino to turn down personally yeah, I mean, he's got everything in place at Spurs, hasn't he, apart from actually spending money. So that could be really the only factor that drives him away. Whether 
Daniel Levy will actually sort of back him. I don't know, but uh, he's done a terrific job at Tottenham. Absolutely transformed that football club um, from a playing perspective and behind the scenes. Manchester United desperately crave somebody like him, but it's going to take time. And I just wonder whether part of his thinking might be that it's too much too soon to do there you know it's, they need to really rebuild it I think if he can stick with Spurs and the players around them can stay there and he can add a couple on there's nothing stopping them from winning from winning trophies they've got a good opportunity early on with the Carabao Cup difficult game in Chelsea but if they beat Chelsea you know they'll have a bit of momentum behind them and they might surely fancy themselves what I would say they? is uh, two legs against Chelsea is a lot better result for them than two legs against City because I think they could beat City on a one-off game I'm not yeah. sure they could do it over two legs yeah. so I don't think it's actually a terrible draw no. I fancy them to get through it I think I do yeah too I think they'll get to the final yeah. Yeah. Where, they, he, where they will of course meet Burton Albion yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> good old coffee. Um, yeah. but no I think that's that's the really Pochettino's at that moment in his career now where I think he want to be remembered for a manager who wins trophies and it will be a matter of what, where's the best place for me to do that and if it is Tottenham I'm sure he'll stay there because Real Madrid's been mooted before and, and reportedly turned that down so you know if you can turn down Real Madrid you can turn down Man United so I'd like to see him stay at Spurs in a way I think it'd be nice to see a bit of loyalty and, and build something between a bit of a rivalry between him Pep and uh, Jürgen so there we have it. Guys, thank you very much. Um, this will be our last pod uh, for a couple of weeks. Anyway. We'll forever. Be, uh, well, no, not, not forever. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. Uh, but um, oh, well, we'll be back in January uh, with uh, a lot more transfer. We'll, we'll, we'll bring back the transfer pods um, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about all the, the potential ins and outs. Uh, but What's been your highlight of the year, Flanners, before we go? Highlight of the year? Oh, blimey. Oh, go you put me on the spot there. Favourite podcast guest? Apart uh, from James Whalen. Favourite podcast guest, uh, uh, Robert Pires. I mean, Pire, I like, yeah, that was yeah, good. Uh, uh, that was good to be out there, wasn't Robert it? Robert Pires uh, w- w- was great, mainly because I, I got a free little cheeky holiday out of it as well. It's called a work trip. Uh, I had a, and I had a great time, Matty. Your, your last little holiday you get. <laughs> the podcast, there, you can listen to it if you go back. And yeah, yeah. I say everything's still on our uh, on our Acast channel, our iTunes. Uh, you can go back. Uh, yeah. We spoke to Perez uh, ahead of the Europa League final, um, where, and he gave some great insight about his time in Liverpool, uh, modern day football, and everything. It, 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 it is a good one. So uh, do feel. Uh, uh, I said Liverpool. I know. Time like, at Arsenal. Time at Arsenal. I, I must have missed that. I, I remember him being at Villa for a bit. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, no, it was his time at Arsenal. Sorry, right. I do right. I think that we need to wrap well, up. I think, this you, I think you need to listen back to it to remember who it was. I, I, I do. Maybe I was calling the wrong name all the way through. I don't know. But um, anyway, thank you very much, guys. Do appreciate it. Um, all our listeners. Um, I really hope you have a great Christmas. Uh, do thank you as ever for listening. Um, if you are a first-time listener, uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, on Acast, on Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, but yeah, until we're back in, in a couple of weeks. Um, Enjoy Christmas, and uh, we'll see you then.